This is an explicit podcast. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, an Age of Sigma podcast coming to you from New Zealand. I am your host, Big Sean, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tubbs, where we put the spotlight on the match play community in New Zealand, carrying off local tournaments, lists, and the occasional battle time. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, episode 14. It's me, your host, Big Sean, joined by my lovely co-host, beautiful legs they're tiny in real life he's got a big chest (laughs) hey i think we're um big spoon little spoon now apparently according to jono uh yeah according to the according to the twitter yeah after i sort of just passed out on that couch and you just (laughs) i don't know mitch was on me this this is going to sound really bad out of context but i passed out on the couch mitch was laying on me and i woke up and then you were on me so Fuck, I don't know. Apparently, I had a good Saturday night after a tournament, but I can't remember a fucking thing. But there is no. video. There's, there's, there's pictures. There's pictures out there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's a good way to fucking derail the intro. So we're back in your ears, listeners. Uh, episode 14. What we're going to talk about today is we're going to cover off PineCon, a cheeky little one-day 1250 tournament we recently did a few days ago. Um, and we're also going to give a quick update on Notorious. We're also going to talk about Another tournament that's coming up, Nationals, uh, here in New Zealand. And we'll probably just ramble and talk about some other shit um, in between as well. So it's going to be a sort of a tournament coverage podcast. Um, but the, as I said, the tournament's pretty small. So we'll just sort of talk about the ideas behind the list and why we took them. Um, anything else to add, Sean? I think you wanted to talk about something else, but that's sort of Yeah, man. Yeah, I've got a bit of subject. We can lead off my um, my last game that I want to talk about, but when we get to it. Sweet. I'm just trying to pull up a Zia on my phone. So thanks for... Do you remember your list? Yeah, because I don't remember (laughs) my list. But it's doing that stupid fucking era where it's like, hey, you need to subscribe. Pay us a dollar something. Uh, It was like Cats and Balls or something? Yeah, yeah, Cats and Balls. I have an idea of what's in it. Anyway, so we'll crack on into PineCon. Um, That was more of a conversation for off here. I should have really had that prepared. (laughs) So PineCon was run by the fabulous uh, friend of the show, Lee. And so he Lee? took a, and Lee, yep. He took a, a, he, he jumped in and he ran his first tournament out at a local community hall, uh, near where he lives, which is fantastic. He did four rounds, uh, at 1,250 points. It was just aimed to have a tournament and to sort of try to bring some new blood into the scene, having smaller tournaments as well. Uh, seems to really help getting newer players involved. Uh, so it was match play. Uh, we played in the realms. Apparently, did you use the realm rules at all? Sure. Um, I knew they were there, but I can't say I really did much with them. Yeah, I think the only time I remembered was after I played Seth, where I would have had Ren free shooting with flaming missiles. But yeah, it was. Um, it was after no spells and no command abilities. It was just like a feature, I think. The feature and yeah, yeah, yeah and that was it. I mean, that could be possibly a topic for another show, but pretty much every tournament I've been to has realm rules, but the amount of time that I actually use them, uh, or remember they're there, I should say, is, is more what it is. It's probably maybe like one in every three or four games. <laughs> like, maybe once or twice a tournament, I remember, but we, maybe we could talk about that later. Yeah, man. I don't know. So anyway, uh, what what did we play? We played Duality of Death, we played Shifting Objectives, we played Total Commitment, and we played Knife to the Heart. Uh, and there was 22 people uh, that came along to this event. So a good, good number of people for um, 
for a, a nice little wee little mm-hmm. tournament. Pretty sweet for one day. Yeah, yeah. Especially considering he only sort of chucked it out uh, five, six weeks in advance or whatever. Yeah. The, the venue, I mean, it sold out as well. It sold out in like four days, I think it was. Not, maybe not even that. Uh, the venue, I don't think could hold any more than what we had. I think there was a table down the end that no one was playing on, so maybe 24 at a push. I don't know, man. It was right? pretty tight buttholes, especially if you're on those middle tables. Yeah, yeah. Um, it absolutely was. It was good. There was enough space, but any more, I think, would be a bit of a push. So good on Lee for putting his hand up running a tournament and, um, you know, popping his cherry as being a TO, and he did a great job. Uh, so people went for different reasons. Um, I went just to try an idea out because it's a smaller point scale that we don't often play at. And also there was lots of drinking going on at this event, so I went more for a social. Um, and I, I definitely had a, a great time having a social. Did you go sort of competitively, Sean, or well, you know, what did you want to get out of it? When I found out we were allowed to have some beers there, I, I thought like the quicker my games were, the quicker I can stop rolling dice and drink some beers with the boys. Yeah, yeah. So it was a uh, BYO essentially. I don't know if that was like allowed, but well, we did it anyway. It, it was fine. Yeah, I, certainly <laughs> half the field were were drinking. That's that's for sure. Um, so, Milas, what did I take? I took my trusty Stormcast because that's all I play. Uh, I took a. I went with Celestial Vindicators. Um, so Celestial Vindicators gives you reroll ones to hit when you charge, which is pretty awesome. That's the the passive army wide ability. Uh, it gives me a command ability that if I pick in the combat phase, so it's for melee weapons, pick a unit and plus one attack to all their profiles for a command point. Um, however, I can't stack that, so but it's pretty good if you go on mounts, like like I did, I'll get into it in a minute. Uh, the command trait is something that I always forget, single minor fury. So if, you're, uh, if your general uh, does a natural six, an unmodified six to hit, then it's plus one damage. And then the artifact of power is something I never use, which um, I think it was on my general, I can't even remember, where you get plus two attacks on one of his weapons, but you're minus one for your save rolls for that round. So it's pretty narrative, given the Celestial Vindicators are like the psychopathic killers of the Stormcast. The uh, so what do I have beast. in my... Yep, that's uh, the Les Martin army, which, um, I mean, his army looks really good. But anyway, uh, so what do I have in my army? I had eight different units. I had a Lord Arcanum on Dracoline. He was my general, um, and he took the mount trait, which gives you as a pride leader, where... Uh, evocators on mounts, pretty much all the Drax with the Holy of a 9 get plus 1 to hit, which I think is probably uh, the best one yet was Pride Leader. Um, and then he took the artifact as well. I had a Lord Ordinator uh, because I had a couple of Ballisters and then I had a Knight Heralder and the Knight Heralder was just there to make people run and charge. Deadline, I had two units of five Secretors and then I had two Celestial Ballisters and then I had one unit of three Evocators on Drax lines, uh, so three cats. And that came to um, 1,220 points in total. And yeah, as Sean sort of mentioned, I named my list uh, Cats and Bulls because Ballisters and the Cats. Uh, so the idea the idea of it was that my Heralder would make my Evocators run and charge and uh, they would just destroy anything on the charge. So the idea, the Perfect Storm, which happened a couple of times, uh, is that the Evocators have their spell empowered, gives them reroll wounds. So that goes off in a six, try to find some arcane, goes off in a five. 
Uh, so that will give them reroll wounds if that goes off. If they charge, they reroll one. So they're hitting on threes, rerolling ones. If they're wholly within my Lord Arcanum on Draconine, they get plus one a hit. So they're hitting on twos, rerolling ones, and then wound rerolling wounds because of empowered. And then with the Celestial Vindicator's command ability, uh, Righteous Hatred, I give them plus one attack to the mount and the rider. And then if I have an extra command point, which I I don't think I ever did in this game, but in the practice game I did. Uh, the Lord Arcanum on Dracoline's command ability, inbuilt command ability, is uh, pack alpha. So you pick a friendly unit of evocators holy of an 18, and their mounts get plus one attack. So essentially what it means is if everything goes off, they are pin on twos, rerolling ones, rerolling wounds, uh, plus one attack to the rider, and possibly plus two attacks to the mount if I am. Um, if I have two command points. And the evocators, they reroll charges and they do D3 wounds on the charge for their mount. So the idea was that the Heralder would, you know, they would buff up. Heralder would make him run and charge and move 12 inches. So with a run roll, they go up to 18 inches and then they're rerolling charges. And the few units that they did charge, they just deleted this weekend. Um, they're pretty paper once they're in combat because they've only got the four up save. Uh, they're seven. Sorry, five wounds apiece, bravery eight. So you have to kill a couple of them for me to fail to battle shock. But um, if they're not charging, they're not doing a lot of damage, is what I found. They they really need to get the charge off. So some people were able to sort of time up in combat. And then I had the automator and the ballisters there. And the, the ballisters were there simply to sort of shoot monsters as need or snipe heroes as need. Or if I was playing a horde army, then drop them down and spray. Um, you know, big units of, of whatever the horde I might be playing. If I was playing Skaven, because that's what I thought there'd be quite a bit of, I thought there'd be a few Skaven armies, they would drop down and then do the multi-shot, the four shots, normally hit on fives plus one because the ordinator for four, hit on fours, and they would hose the infantry and the Drax would charge into the bigger monsters, the more elite units, the more combat units, and try to blow them up that way. So that's the general idea of the list. I want to charge you with my Drax and I want to shoot with my balls. Um, Ballistic, sorry. I've <laughs> 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 had the whole cat and bulls thing going on in my head. So, yeah, and it was, a, it was an easy army to push around. Uh, it's pretty glassy. There's no pluses to save in the list or anything of the sort. Um, I've got two spells as well. So if I came up against a magic heavy army, I was pretty screwed. But yeah, that was, that was the idea of the list. And it did okay. But again, I was there more to see if Celestial Vindicators was viable. And also, I've run at 2k a couple of times a unit of six evocators, and then the Arcanum on Dracoline. Um, and it's a lot of admin and a lot of table stress trying to keep that the Arcanum wholly within nine of the unit of six. Uh, your positioning becomes real key to get him plus one to hit, that is. Um, I mean, obviously, sorry, wholly within nine to give him plus one to hit. Um, and the unit of three is just far more manageable than a unit of six. So going forward, if I was to use six evocators again, I might look to maybe MSU them and put them in two smaller units as opposed to the one big unit. And that way you've got more board control with different units. Chuck them in the phalanx as well um, if you do that. Get those drops yeah, down. I mean, I could. Yeah, command point, drops. I can spread out the buff. Um, I mean, it's 600 points if you take six of them, so it's a lot to invest in. And you'd almost need sort of two heralders unless you're going for like an alpha beta strike sort of over a couple of turns. And you probably want a Castellan in there as well. Uh, 
to give him to make him slightly more resilient because if they don't I mean everything they charged over the weekend I'll get into it they killed they blew up they overkilled but I mean they got charged a couple of times by bigger scarier units and uh, they just fell over um, but anywho so that's my list that was the idea behind it uh, what about you Sean what did you do so I was really lazy and couldn't be bothered painting to be honest um, so I thought I'd get the, the daughters back out um, and I wanted to play something quick because the few 1200 or 1000 point tournaments we've had have been kind of I don't know either really stressed for time or you have heaps of time so rather have heaps of time um, so I decided to take a real hard alpha strike list um, so what it was was it was Marathi it was a Slaughter Queen on foot as my general. Uh, two units of 10 Witch Elves, a unit of 30 Sisters, and a unit of 5 Doomfires. So that came out to like 12, 40 points, I think. Um, but what it meant was I was playing Calibron, so I'd teleport up my Slaughter Queen on foot, and then I'd cast Mirror Dance, which is a spell that lets me pick from the Doomfires. So what I'd do is I'd have Marathi sitting over in the corner, I'd teleport the Slaughter Queen up, and I'd just switch the two. Spell goes off on a four, so it's super reliable. And if you place down the Doomfires after they've placed their Wizards, you can be you're very, very likely to get it off. So, Sorry, bro, this was like big Marathi, yeah? You would yeah, pop it pop, big? Yeah, first, pop it a big. So they're both yeah. starter phase, so you yeah. just got to do them both at the start. Yeah. So she's a combat yeah, monster. Yeah, so she's a combat monster. Um, and after you swap her, she can still move. So you can touch anywhere on a 4x4 board with Marathi, which is pretty rude, <laughs> I found. I didn't think it was going to be that bad, but um, it ended up being pretty pretty nasty. And yeah, basically pushing her in, either tying up the whole army or sniping a piece or going and smashing up the unit straight away. Uh, and that was sort of my plan. And meanwhile, I just rolled the sisters up, which I had martyr sacrifice for. So they were sort of my objective scoring unit that you couldn't really touch if they had the um, the prayer on them. So they'd bounce mortals on sixes on the save rolls, and then when you killed them, they'd bounce mortals again on fives. So sort of a tricky and annoying unit, which I can tag in and out of combat, mixed with a good alpha strike from Rathi. And um, yeah, it worked pretty well. Sweet. Sorry, You're I was right, on mute. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, that's um, that's cool. Sounds like a just a as you said, a quick sort of fun list where the game would probably declare pretty quickly yeah, as well. Yeah, man. I like it was normally turn two. Um, I'd won or I'd lost. Yeah, yeah. And I've and I think we had an hour and a half, hour, hour forty five for the round. I'm not entirely yeah, sure. Was yeah, I mean, I finish, I finish all my games real quick. Second game against Seth was over in like twenty minutes. But, yeah, I haven't had time issues with the smaller size game, but I definitely have seen some games go longer, especially, like, we forget we get two Horde armies or, like, a Nighthorn army where they just sort of hang around yeah. for a long time. Um, cool, I guess we'll just quickly cover off yeah, our man. games. I'm not going to go into huge detail here, but I always say that, and then I ramble for 10 minutes, and you're messaging me, like, <laughs> shut the fuck up and let me talk. So, <laughs> so we'll see. So round one played Duality of Death. Uh, played. Oh, and we had secondaries as well. We had GW secondaries. Uh, so the tie break was major win, 
and then secondaries of tournament points. So tournament points for wins, and then secondaries were also worth tournament points, I think. Yeah, was yeah, yeah they yeah. were tournament points. And then strength of schedule. Yeah, there was no no kill points. So strength of schedule was uh, the tie break. Uh, so I played Duel of Death. I played against uh, lovely local famous man Sloan. Uh, Sloan the Painter, Sloan Paints. And he's got Courage and Overlords, KO. And don't ask me to... Don't ask me what's in this list. All I know is he had a unit of 90... Sorry, 90. 30 Arcanaut Company. Um, and they had nine Skyhooks. And they look there. real nice. And Real, real nice. Yeah, his army looks real, real good. As you would expect from Sloan. And anyway, so we were deploying. And he drops me because I made drops. I think it was like seven. I asked him how far he could max threat range and uh, with 28 inches with the move and then the shots. Because all the shooting is like really short ranged, uh, so I just deployed everything twenty eight and a half inches away. Then he gave me first turn. I left my army was where it was. I put some ballistas in the sky with the ordinator, and I just dropped him, uh, sort of ten eleven inches away from his army on one of the objectives. Obviously, knowing I wasn't going to score that objective because I set up and I didn't move on to it, and um, I just used the ballistas to hose his arcanauts in the unit thirty because I want to get rid of skypikes. And the first one shot, and I believe it did like two or three wounds in total. Uh, so killed two or three guys. And I was thinking, fuck, that's really bad. And then the second one shot, and I think I killed, I think I got four hits, and I'm pretty sure I killed, oh god, it must have been 15 or so guys from that second one alone. And then his battle shock was huge, and he didn't have a command point. And then he rolled a six on the bravery, and he lost like another 11 or 12 guys, I think it was. Uh, at the end of the, at the end of it, he had a unit of what was a unit of thirty down to a unit of five, but he still got five skyhooks in it, which is enough for him to do some damage. He went and then shot my guys and then charged me with some bloom boys, uh, and then probably where the game hinged the most. Like I don't think anyone played it wrong, but where the game sort of came down to is the priority role. Whereas if he won the role, he would shoot off a bunch of my shit because he was now in range. Um, but if he didn't, then I was going to countercharge him with the cats, and I won the priority roll, and I countercharged him with the cats, and they went in and just ruined like half his army. Uh, they killed a hero, and they killed, I think, like fifteen other Arcanauts or so. They had a unit of thirty, and then two units of ten, some Bloom boys, and a small boat, and two heroes. I found nobody had command points, eh, to start off with, unless they had a battalion. Yeah, I didn't realize he didn't have any command points, and then I said to him, yeah. "It's the second one we'll shoot." I said, "Do you have any command points?" And I was like, no. And I said, what's your bravery? And he was like, oh, it's like six. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to hose that unit. So I think he battle-shocked me. I think he lost at least 10, if not yeah. more. I don't know. He lost a lot. Uh, the unit was, he'd lost 25 guys in the, in the turn, though, is, is all I remember. Um, so yeah, I won priority roll. Cats went in and smashed and shit. I started scoring. He then went, and he had a really underwhelming shooting phase where he I think at one point he was rolling like a 4d6 for the skyhooks on my general who was scoring, and my general had seven wounds. So he's rolling, sorry, not 4d6, 4d3 for damage. And he rolled four dice and he did like five wounds or something. So that was like sort of his last gasp. And then we rolled off a, um, like, had he killed it in, then it would have been pretty interesting, but he was, un he was unable to. And then we rolled off a priority and I, I got, the turn and then the cats um made another charge it's like they made a bullshit like 11 inch charge and then sloan just put out his hand and was like no nah, it's done 
because he had a hero sort of hiding behind some Arcanauts. So um, the story of the game was that my cats charged and blew him up pretty much, and then I won a priority roll. So yeah, that was that was more or less a super fast games. Yeah, the game was over in forty five minutes. I think we spent more time deploying than we did in like anything else, to be honest. And it was just because I kept saying, "How far can these guys shoot?" Because I keep fucking forgetting every time. And I was just double checking to make sure all my stuff was out of range. But as I said, I don't think anyone like played bad. I just think he got unlucky on the priority roll. And I just like one of the ballistas just went off and just monstered one of his units. So yeah. Yeah. But then he had six yeah. Bloom Boys come into my ballistas and my ordinator and they just like ripped them apart. Those Bloom Boys are good. The combat ones. Yeah, they're tasty with the swords though. Yeah, it's two damage, I think it is. Like two damage, is it? Uh, D three. Ren two, Ren two, that's yeah. it. And I was like, oh shit. So, um, yeah, no, that was that was cool. It was cool to play KO. It's the first time I played KO. Um, I mean, I was terrified of his shooting at that small point scale, and after removing his like biggest shooting unit, he was still putting out a lot of damage, and um, he was getting pretty unlucky with some of the rolls. As I said, the the four D three was just even on average, it should the guy should have died, but he just rolled almost as bad as he could so yeah uh so i had to feel bad for slowing because it just wasn't going his way anyway bro uh your game one yeah man i um i drew aiden aiden yep oh yeah um and he was playing slanesh ah i can almost tell you his list so he had a keeper a mask uh the enrapturous is it the harp lady uh a unit of Seekers, a unit of Hell Striders, 30 Demonettes, and three Fiends, I think, in the, um, yeah, I in think the battalion. Was. Yeah. Yeah. In the battalion that the, um, the box set come in. Mm-hmm. Whatever it's called, Wrath and Rapture, I think. Yeah. And we we're playing Duality, of course. So I hadn't actually looked at the pack, sorry, Lee. Uh, and when I saw Duality, I was like, oh man, I am a terrible person taking Marathia at 1200 points um so my sort of mindset with this game was um to actually give Aiden a game because he didn't sound too pumped when he drew me for duality no I think uh Marathia list at 1250 on duality and I don't I don't know if he late. yeah I don't know if he knew what Calibron do, does um he certainly does know now but I mean, yeah, yeah, it was whoever you were going to play first was a bit shit for him. But anyway. So, um, I was hoping that he wouldn't give me first turn, um, but he did give me first turn. And I went, uh, well, I can just go jump on the points and then win the game, I guess. Or we can have some fun. So I decided to have some fun. So I alphaed Marathia across the board, first turn, way away from the objective to go and kill his keeper. Um, and I, t- I didn't even kill his keeper. But um, I tied up his whole army and st- steered off his banners and shit like that. And then Aiden come back and doubled me. He also didn't put anything on the point, so we're really doing terribly first turn. Uh, and then he doubles me, took a bunch of my models off, didn't take enough of it off. I was able to sneak here around the uh, the sisters. I like to sort of sit them back that five and a half inches where people might eyeball them wrong and then sneak them into a unit, which is really handy when you're going into your turn. It's their turn going into your turn. Because uh, if you can sneak them in, 
you can jump in and get the double pile in and most of the time the entire unit will get in um, with a six inch pile and, and two inch reach it's pretty it's pretty safe uh but yeah he doubled me he didn't take off too much all my heroes were still alive his keeper was dead over to my turn uh i teleported the little slaughter queen in between marathi who was still alive on two wounds left i think and the small unit of sisters that was left alive and just double piled them in the hero phase took off everything and then the game was pretty much over at that point i had um marathi free everything left alive and just danced around and cleared the rest of it off but um that was sort of a really cool thing i found with using the slaughter queen on foot is that her base size is so small that if you can play for first turn or even better play for the double uh you can pretty much fit her base in anywhere so you can always get off the double pile in with one of your one of your important units that's stuck in combat so Aiden had tried to tie me up with 30 demonettes and I was able to sneak her in between the rest of his units but also within 14 inches of Marathi and the sisters which I don't think you could achieve with the big, big cauldron um, but yeah, she does have some uses as a small model but she often gets overlooked is sort of my point there Do uh, you want to go over your game too there, Sean? Uh, yep, yep, so you got the major win then? And yeah, yeah, I got secondary? yeah, I got the major win. Yeah, and secondary as well. Yeah, yeah, I got my secondary against Sloan. I just totally forgot about it. We actually forgot about it, and I reminded Sloan. I said, "Oh fuck, we got secondaries part way into his turn one, so we just picked some sort of that we thought we were going to do." I picked kill heroes because in duality, I figured, yeah, I figured yeah. you're going to you have to. But anyway, so round two played shifting objectives against. Uh, Seth, Seth Cook, Goomboss, as uh, international and local listeners will probably know him as. Uh, lovely, obnoxious American, who we all love dearly. <laughs> and is known for his escapades and becoming the liability when he gets a bit drunk. Uh, so, <laughs> so this was about 11 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. And this is when I started drinking. So me and Seth were, were well into it. We're honing into it at this point in time. And... Uh, the game, he's got a Beast Claw Raiders list. Do you, you know what he's got, eh? Bragoff's Beast? Yeah, Bragoff's whatever. Beast Hammer. I, I can tell you what the models were if you don't. Yeah, so I think I remember the models. So we had two units of three Gore Grunters, two units of two Mournfang, and then a Ethereal Amulet uh, Stonehorn. Is that correct? Yeah, man. Yeah. Hang on. And he, yeah, and he was just like, look, I'm just going to try table you. Oh, I'm going to try, sorry, double turn you and table you. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool, bro. So we played shifting objectives. I hate this mission. I've played it like four or five times, and I'm yet, I'm yet to win. So I still don't really have my head around this. Um, I also learned in the weekend that I need to, I need to get a better grasp on like the game concept, game concept of having patience. I'm too, <laughs> I'm too eager to fight when my army isn't the best fighting army. So I keep overextending myself. And putting myself in poor positions. So it's because you don't have a crutch phoenix to stick into people's face and not have to worry about. Well, I think that's what I got used to at Masters and Cancon is just shoving a phoenix forward, and without having a phoenix, I was like, better shove sequences forward or or whatever or dracolines forward. So maybe that's something we can talk about later is sort of how to learn patience in the game and knowing sort of when to to go <laughs> in and not. I remember 
something you said to me. You're like, I love playing people who just move their models forward for no reason because they don't want to waste the turn. And that's more or less what I did against Steph. So Steph, and that's what you said to me, yeah. And Steph uh, gave me first turn because he's one drop and I'm eight. And um, I pretty much, not baselined, but pretty close to, kept my ballisters at 36 inch range and same with the cats. And then I dropped, I had two units of sectors in the sky and I dropped both of them at the end of the first movement phase. Um, and I put him as far as I could from his army. So like on the line of six inches towards my army um, and on the primary objective and the middle one. And the reason I did that was so I could score four points. Cause every time I play this game, this mission specifically, I always get down early and I get shitty. And then I'm having to stress my way to, a possible win or a comeback at the end of the game. So I thought, nah, fuck it. I'm going to set the tone. I'm going to score some points. Uh, that was a, that was a mistake. Cause then, oh, I shot his like broad stone horn and I did like fuck all wounds, like one or two. Um, Seth goes, he has a move in the hero phase, which I just totally did not realize. It's only a three inch move and he has to roll for it. So it's not even a guarantee. Uh, then he, he moves up and he, um, and this was a mistake I made by putting the sectors out in the middle of the field. I effectively gave him a an extra move with his charge. And that's exactly how Seth treated it, and that's he played it correctly. He charged, he made all his charges, um, he killed all the sectors easy as. He then gets the double turn, and now what it means is that his guys are like, much. yeah, pretty much. It means I lose. And his guys are like maybe six, seven inches away because they've moved up their sort of, eight or nine inches or whatever they moved normally. And then they all made sort of like 10 inch charges. Um, and he was like wrapping them around my units to be closer to my army. So I effectively gave him like an extra 10 inches of free space, which he didn't need to have. And that's what I'm talking about patience. Had I had some patience, I wouldn't have given him that free move. And then he wouldn't have just double turned me and took me off. And then he double turned me and a stonehorn charged into the cats into my general, took off like my general and a cat or two. Uh, then he's got to like once per game immediately pile in and attack again or something on one yeah, thing I think it was from the Bregoff Beast Hammer he gets it for everybody yeah. that's alive yeah so he, he did that and he just like whomped through my army um, and then I went and I killed I can't remember I did kill some of his models but the game was like pretty much after his double turn I had like two ballisters a heralder an ordinator and I think one evocator and drac and that was it and I hadn't killed any of his models at that point. But then I got a double turn, killed some of his models, um, made a late sort of push to get the objectives. But I think the score was like, must have been like nine to four after two turns or something. And then I think he won in free priority. And we just called it, we just shook hands because there was no point in playing it. And the game literally took about 15 to 20 minutes um, because my first turn was, I'm not moving. Oh, I'll cast spells. I'll drop these guys here. I'll shoot you. And that was it. And I sunk three cans of beer in that point of time as well, so I could <laughs> buy more beer. So, <laughs> so yeah, Seth just double-turned me, smashed me, and then we went to the supermarket. We went to go find some beer, and we went, went to a bottle store and brought some some slabs or 24-packs or whatever they're called and started. And then I really started drinking at that point because I knew I didn't have to drive again. So, you yeah, know, Seth smashed me. Seth, Seth was playing with some pinecon lists, and he was... um. When he first made it, he was like, oh, man, I can run Bragoths at 1250 points. I was like, fuck, that's awesome. 
And then he'd come around the next day and he had like bone splitters. And I was like, bro, what are you doing? Fucking, you've got an hour and a half to play bone splitters. Like, play Beast Hammer, man. He was like, oh, yeah, okay, 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 okay. And then he took it and he fucking loved it. I was like, it's fantastic, right? Like, 30 minute games at 12.50 points. Like, you can just chill out. Yeah, it was great. He was loving it. Like, he loved the army. Yeah. And it's like very sort of like when I think of. Seth, that's the sort of army I think that he would play, being the goon boss and all. Um, and he, he he was like up front with me about it as well. He's like, if I we deployed, he's like, if I double turn you, I win the game. He's like, this army is designed to double turn people and charge twice and smash. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I just I heard what he said, and then I just ignored it and dropped some guys <laughs> in the middle of the battlefield. It made it easier for him. So yeah, so Seth smashed me in twenty five minutes or so. I smashed three cans of beer in that time. Went to go buy more beer. Good times. Sounds Good like times. a win. What about your... <laughs> Someone won. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> me, I'll tell you that. Anyway, your game two, bro? Um, so game two, I pulled Andrew from Palmy. Um, unfortunately for Andrew, because we were odd players, he had a major loss and I had a major win. But because there's 22 players, that leaves you on 11 winners, which means a winner has to play somebody that lost. Um, so I had to play Andrew, and it was on the same scenario where we'd played earlier during the week at my place, and we had like a 30-minute game, and he learned a lot, but it wasn't the greatest of games. Uh, so he sort of knew what was going to happen, and uh, he got ready for it, and he played it a lot better this time. But Lee squished it down to nine nine-inch deployments which I don't really know why he squished it down, uh, but oh, yeah. it, didn't give, it didn't give Andrew much space to chaff, chaff his big unit yeah, Grimgas that he had. Yeah, and shifting, because you deploy length to length, so you meant to have six feet. Yeah. You to have two feet deployment, two feet in the middle, and then two feet on the other deployment. Yeah. And he just sort of was like, yeah, no, nah, deploy nine inches. So anyway, sorry, just to... No, no, you... Maybe give some reasoning as to why he did. No, no, you're good. Uh, so it doesn't really matter what the deployment is for for my list because I just teleport teleport out and then move anyway. Uh, so what I what I did to him was I took first turn because I was lower drops, teleported Marathi and did the switch and all the fun stuff, and then I put Marathi literally on his backboard edge and charged into his sturdy Grimgas. Um. And I'm pretty much playing the dice game at this point. So he doesn't have a command point. Going back to the battle shock thing again. Um, charge Marathi into the Grimgast. Managed to take off 11 or 12. And then he rolls a high dice for a uh, battle shock and you know, another 7 or 8 run away. So if he rolled like a boss and rolled a whole lot of 4-ups, he would have just ruined my day. But he rolled average to maybe below average. All his Grimgast run away and... At that point, it kind of sucks for him because that's his big damage unit, which he couldn't chaff. He chaffed it well, but the spear and the tail could still hit over top of his chaff. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty pretty unfortunate. But um, but yeah, the the alpha strike is is pretty nasty and definitely goes for some quick games. So that pretty much called it turn turn two. By the end of that, he was tabled more or less. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. You don't really have an issue with Night Haunt then, do you? Oh, well, like... Because you've got heaps of attacks anyway. Yeah, I've got heaps of attacks. But um, 
ball bagging Marathi and like that's like with no rerolls or anything on Marathi, she can whiff and he can go yeah. really well on his saves. Um, yeah. Which m- would mean that she goes in there, does fuck all, and then she's stuck at the back of the board for a while. Um, yeah, but they can't, like, Nighthawk can't, like, retreat and charge or anything like that. So No, no, he can't really. What we need to do is, like, pin him because they, they waste the turn running away. Yeah, exactly. And then you just and then you just fly over because you move, like, 16 or whatever. Yeah. 14. And then just pin him again. So yeah, and that, that's that's the worst thing about Murphy. She's a fucking nuisance. Bitch. Yeah, yeah, and that's how I play her a lot of the time. I just like pin people's units up. Um, yeah, because it's sort of like retreat, so you can't fight anything or sit here and fight her, which you probably don't want to do. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I wanted to play for that battle shock, and I got it. And at that point, it's pretty much it's pretty much game when you lose like three hundred and sixty points on turn one. So it's literally a quarter of your army. If not more, yeah. Third, yep, yeah. Sweet. Uh, so you got two wins. I got a win and a loss. Yep. Uh, then we had uh, we had lunch. Uh, we had pizza, or some Did- of us had pizza. I should say <laughs> pizza gate. Yeah. <laughs> so I had pizza. so yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> so Lee put on pizza as part of your registration fee. So that was awesome. Having um. Having lunch turn up to you, and there wasn't, there were shops around, but they weren't so much walking distance when you only had like a half hour. Um, there was more of a, like a, a five minute short drive. Uh, so Lee went and got pizza and dropped it off, and all the lads ate it while me and Matt were at the supermarket. So it was good. <laughs> <laughs> but come on, so, Lee would have made you a, Lee would have made you a Sammy from his place. Yeah, he made me like a traditional English sandwich of like, Fucking marmalade and cheese, and I was like, "What is this? <laughs> My fucking Paddington beer?" <laughs> Maddie was Molly, loving it too. Paddington he was like, just... "Yeah, it was a fucking good sandwich." It's so yeah. Bad. He just pulled like sandwiches out of his hat, and he was like, "Here you go." I'm like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> he did give us. He did give us some chips though, some crisps, um, which was sweet. I smashed those, but I was like, I was fucking nicking the beers at this point. So I was, yeah, I was well down. Uh, so we played. Uh, so round three, we played Total Commitment. Um, I played the aforementioned Maddie, Maddie Watkins, uh, from England, now living in NZ. Um, got a shout out on Face Hammer. I just was listening to that today. Uh, so if the Face Hammer lads listen, which I doubt you do, Maddie's still a good cunt. Um, play him weekly. Uh, he lives just up the road from me. He's a gen. He drops a C so bomb a lot happy. more now these days, though. Oh, he's fucking, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's definitely uh, on the Kiwi he, train. He's conditioned to be Kiwi now, so yeah, he's he's loving this. He, he's loving the cunt, but there's, uh, he's, he's loving, loving the, the cunt. cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, this New Zealand cunt's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna follow it up with his uh, his wife doesn't love the cunt too because <laughs> I <like>, Jesus. <laughs> <it's not. laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, um, shut up before I get myself in trouble. So. Yeah, what I mean by that is Matt's wife is, is a bit more proper and not so heavy cunty. So, um, yeah, round three, total commitment against Mitty. Um, it was great because it's like, sweet, I'm playing a mate. I know this game's going to be fun regardless of what happens. And I'm smashing beer and Matt's now smashing beer. So it's great. Um, Matt's playing Zinch. He had a lot of change. He had uh, not Blue Scribe, some other one, Herald, I think. Uh, he had Nine Enlightened because he's a real... Real good guy still, apparently. <laughs> then he had 
for units of 10 acolytes, I think, and that was his list. He dropped me. Uh, I have to start my whole army on the board because GW hates Stormcast Allegiance and Nighthorn Allegiance in this mission. Um, I pretty much baselined and sat as far back as I could, and I shot off maybe one, maybe two Enlightened in the first turn, and then Matt came across the board. Um, I can't exactly remember how this went down. He double-turned me. Um, I, as I said, I was getting pretty pissed, so I think he he moved his Enlightened up, 16, and then I think he we rolled off, and then he won, and then he moved him again 16 inches, and then he, like, Destiny diced an 11 for the charge. I don't know if that happened over two turns or one turn. I can't remember. But either way, he charges Enlightened into my um, into my sectors that were getting one of my objectives, killed all of them, claimed that point, and then I was chasing from then on out. And then pretty much what happened is we swapped deployment zones and uh, my cats went through his deployment. They just charged through his acolytes and just killed every unit of acolytes they ran into. Um, he double-turned me, I double-turned him. He had the big lead early on because there was one round where I scored like one point and he scored four or five or something. Um, and it came down to the last turn. There was a possibility of me winning the game, but by a possibility, I mean like a bee's dick possibility. Like it was so narrow. Um, essentially, I had to move my cats when I was charging in turn four into some acolytes. I had to be forward thinking and I had to think that, you know, these cats are going to delete this unit, then they need to move on. So I should have charged him in a way that like one or two cats were in range and could have wiped out the unit. And the third cat could have been hanging off towards the middle of the board so that when I moved, I would be closer for a charge. But I didn't think about that. I just like encircled his guys that were hugging the objective. And they, of course, they smashed him off. And then I, I think I went next in turn five or something. And then I, measured how far his Lord of Change was or his Enlightened was from my cats and it was literally like 25 inches or something. So had I been a bit more forward thinking about how I was going to charge and then how I was going to try to score next turn um, I might have been able to, to move him and pull off a long sort of you know 9 inch charge on a reroll or something like that. Um, but it didn't happen and Matty won the game I don't know what the points were but I think he won by at least sort of 3 to 4 points. Man because he got to score lots of mine. So Zinchkin's still pretty pissed at the lot, eh? <clears throat> at twelve fifty yeah, he nine summoned... enlightened and a chicken and chaff and another hero. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, and then he, he summoned some horrors as well, partway through the game to grab one of my objectives, which I knew was coming, but like he just had he had a monster first two turns. He gatewayed one of my ballisters. The first thing he did is he put the chicken in the corner of his board, and I put all my casters in the opposite corner, because he's got is it Magical Supremacy, yeah. where you can unbuy it from 42? Yeah, 42, yeah. Yeah, so my guys were like 46 inches away, but I forgot he had Portal, so one of my ballasters was literally just within 36 inches from his chicken with the Portal, and he gatewayed, and rolled the gateway, and rolled nine mortal wounds on the ballister, and the ballister was dead, and I was like, oh, cool. And then he charged me with his light and killed some other stuff. So he had a, he had a monster turn one and two. He was fucking there to play. I was there to sink piss. Then <laughs> <laughs> it showed. So now Matty got the got the win. So I'm one win and two losses at this point, and I'm pretty. I'm getting pretty pissed as well because I didn't have lunch. So yeah, I know game you guys. Oh, you guys game fucked three, off halfway through your game too to come outside and have a smoke. 
it's that's how much time you guys. Oh yeah, have. yeah. There's nice quick. Yeah, hours. I mean, we were not stressed. For, we were not stressed for time at all. I mean, the first turn was like, he was like, "You go," and I was like, "Okay, I'm not. I'm casting these spells. I got them off. I'm not moving. I'm going to shoot these guys. Done." And he just double turned me and not won the game on the double turn, but he set himself up very comfortably for the rest of the game. And then I went. And I couldn't do a whole lot. And I was like, let's go smoke. And he was like, sweet. Because I think I'd finished off like another three or four beers. I think we were just like hassling you from outside as well. Yeah, I was right next to the door. So it was good because like someone was sitting behind me, like dropping fucking stank fart. (laughs) I was quite happy just to pop outside. It's a great. But anyway, your Uh, game game three. Game three, I pulled another Palmy lad. So I pulled Seth, the goon boss. He was all pumped up and happy after his smashing Sean up. Um, so he was calling himself Alpha Sean because he beat me on the Thursday night and then he beat Sean on the on the Saturday. And I was like, well, I've got to oh, sort right. this out real quick. I told him you because... Yeah, I told him you had to do the free Pete. I was like, no, no, you've got to beat us in the same day to be <laughs> Alpha Sean. You can't, you can't just be Alpha Sean because you got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. But yeah, yeah. So um, he had the one drop list. And I had six drops, I think. So it was a game where I wasn't going to pick who got to go first. But um, when he deployed his army, he deployed his Stonehorn, two units of Mornfang, and a unit of Gorgrunters, all sort of like in a circle on one side of the board. And then he just had a unit of Mornfang guarding the other side of the board. And I was sitting there like, man, don't give me first turn. This is That's not going to end well. Don't do it. Don't do it. And he gave me first turn, and I was like, okay, cool. So transformed, Alpha Struck Marathi, got Mine Razor off, um, and charged her into combat where I tied up a Stonehorn, a unit of Mornfang, uh, and the Gorgrunters. Combat went through, I took a unit of Mornfang off, didn't touch anything else, and then he's stuck in combat with his Stonehorn. So Stonehorn has to retreat because he doesn't want that fight. I don't really want that fight either. But uh, the longer I can fuck the Stonehorn around, the better. Uh, and then he also didn't—he decided not to retreat his Gorgrunters, which was probably not the go. Uh, so they stayed in combat with Marathi, who had Mine Razor on her. So Neg three Ren four damage on the spear, which is gonna take them off pretty easy. Uh, and sort of just moved up for board position for hopefully a double turn. Uh, so combat rolled round. I took the Gore Grunters off. He had nobody on the objective to score his objective. So he missed out on points there. Then he got the double. And he 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 made a mistake, a big mistake there, and it really just shut him out of the game straight away. He kept saying it during the night, like, why did I go that way? Um, but he charged the, sto- the Stonehorn off by itself into t- 10 Witches, which were on an objective. So... He was always going to score that objective, which is cool, but um, he left my big block alone on his on his double pile in turn. Uh, but he put the Mornfang into them, so combat rolls round, and you know he takes off quite a few, quite a few sisters, but not enough. Uh, he takes off the witches and scores a point, but at that point it's it was very much looked like game. Um, the Stonehorn sitting on an objective by itself. It's really close to me. Now I can fuck with it. There's just a unit of Gorgrunters down the back of Marathi, which is an easy objective for Marathi. 
um, double pile, take the rest of his Mornfang off. And then at that point, I felt pretty comfortable. I knew the game was pretty much mine, but I wanted to get my secondary objective. Um, so I really, I really danced around and had a bit of fun there. So Marathi was in the very top left-hand corner of the board. The board's a square, so very, very top left-hand corner. And the Stonehorn's in the very bottom right-hand corner. So they're like 90 inches apart or some shit. And I was like, man, I think the only way I can get her down there to have the Stonehorn kill her so that I get my secondary objective is by uh, mirror dancing her. And I've never really mirror danced a unit that wasn't on the first first round of the game. So I had to like mess with it a little bit and play it and set it up. Um, fortunately, I got the double, which made that a lot easier. And I was able to mirror dance Marathi from one corner of the board all the way to the other corner of the board to charge the Stonehorn to fight to fight Seth, um, and he was pumped. He was fucking loving it. Uh, he took Marathi off in his turn, and he was like yelling and fucking cheering. And I was like, I was yelling and cheering as well because I wanted my secondary objective. He's like, the game's still on. I was like, I don't think this game's still on. Um, and yeah, yeah, no, it didn't go down well. Um, the sisters just piled in with martyrs, and martyrs against the stone horns not nice. Um, he's gonna kill them, and then they're gonna pop. And then he's going to take single damage mortal wounds, so stack it right up. Uh, doesn't matter about his ethereal, and that was pretty much pretty much game at that point. But he got a secondary objective. I killed a Stonehorn. He killed Marathi, so we're all pretty happy at that point. And it was um it was on to the final from there. Sweet, yeah, man. Free from free, just exactly what <laughs> we'd expect from you. Uh, so. So last round, we played Knife to the Heart, which is a good way to sort of split up the draw, um, especially when we're having smaller events. And to be honest, it was a nice way to end the tournament when I'd been drinking for like five hours. At yeah, did you, think, did you think <laughs> four games like, was going to be a drag? Because I kind of thought that maybe I might be brain yeah. farted by the end of the day, but I think I was just pissed, so it was, <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so I played four games. I mean, we played four games each, but... Given the way, like, how quickly my games went, I probably didn't even play four hours of Warhammer, to be honest. I mean, I could play Lee and would only get through, like, two turns <laughs> in four hours, so. <laughs> like, it was, like, less stressful than playing Lee. <laughs> oh, uh, right, Lee. Lee. So, yeah, so we got, uh, so I played a new lad. Um, well, I hadn't, I hadn't seen him around before, so I think he's, I think he's played at another tournament earlier this year that I wasn't around for. Uh, so I played a guy called Daniel, who um, had uh, Disciples of Zinch as well. And I need to apologize to Daniel from the start of the game, because I'm pretty sure I was calling him Dave <laughs> the whole game. Which was, like, really bad. I was trying to I was trying to sell him to come yeah, to come Notorious. On, Dave. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm the guy who's been spamming everyone to come to Notorious. And he was like, oh, yeah, sure, man. And, like, he's just got this, like, white girl wasted Sean in front of him, like, calling the guys <laughs> wrong now. Anyway, I really put my best foot forward in that one. Uh, and no, uh, but we had a real fun game. You had an awesome game. I gave him my best, uh, my best sports because he was just, um, he was just a gent to play. And, um, yeah, I don't remember a lot from this game, to be honest. My cats just charged, uh, units and they were just killing units on the charge. And then I think my ballasters dropped and I had a massive double turn of shooting. I got rid of his chicken, I think, in turn two or three. Um, there was a couple of moments though in the game that I do remember where his chicken had like 
three wounds left or something like that, and he had four saves to make, and he rolled dice. And I might be over exaggerating because I was a bit pissed. Um, but he pretty much he could like only afford to fail one wound, or he had to make like almost all his saves. And he rolled like two six ups and took like one wound or two wounds. And I was like, "Ah, oh, you fucker! That's amazing!" Rah! You know, as I'm pissed, and he was just like, "We'll get into it." He wasn't drinking because he had to drive back home. Um, so sorry, sorry again, Dan. Uh, but I just sort of eventually rolled over him with my cats, which he did kill in the end. Um, but I think I sort of scored with my balances and some sixes in turn four or five, and we just called it. But it was a great game, full of laughs. Um, yeah, I don't think sort of either of us played it wrong or anything like that. I just think I got some better rolls, and I got the charges with my cats. And when the cats charged, they fuck shit up. So yeah, that was that was me. I was two from two. Um, I got all my secondaries. So I was, I was expecting to be sort of bang on middle of the pack or like slightly higher in the middle of the pack because I had secondaries. Um, but strength of schedule as well. Wasn't sure how it was going to go down. So yeah, I had a I had a fucking blast, and it was great. Um, how about yeah, you, man? Bro? Uh, last so game? last game I drew a friend of the show, Bo. So Bo had been having a cracker tournament. He he smashed old Matt B halfway through the tournament. <laughs> and then um and then he drew me for last game so he was he was fucking on fire um so Jureli of Death uh Knife of the Heart sorry not Jureli of Death uh I definitely wanted to play for the major I pretty much always play for the major in this scenario because playing for the minors fucking boring in my opinion um and it was always going to be tough Bo has two units of defensive eels and two units of offensive eels uh, and a soul scryer with Volturnus. So he's got like five threat units on the board and I literally have like two. Um, and he had frolls yeah, as well. Uh, so he's playing item Yeah, eels. Eternal Guard. But he had, um, yeah, he had Eternal Guard. Didn't he? Yeah, like the Wanderers guys. Eternal Guard. Oh, my bad. They're pretty tanky. They're great units like sit oh, yeah. on the objective and forget about. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Starting from deployment was pretty cool. Bo played his ships really well, uh, which is kind of the thing I want to talk about after we finish the game. Uh, and what he did was he positioned one ship, if you can kind of picture one of the back objectives, so that it's tailing the objective, but it was also screening a side edge of the board. So it was going to make it difficult to put models in or around there to screen the board side and if he come on from that board side he would get an extra save um, plus it was also screening anything that I screened on that side from coming back across and towards his objective because there's this massive fucking boat in the way um, and then on his other side had done the same thing but in between two units, of, uh, two pieces of terrain so the boats were positioned the same way where they tagged the end of the objective, stuck in between these two pieces of terrain, so you couldn't actually get through to the point um, from the front unless you wanted to like daisy chain your boys through in an inch line. Like, nah, that's not a that's not going to go well. Um, so he's doing like a sort of three hundred yeah, Spartan. Yeah, exactly that. On you, is it? Um, yeah, yeah, it was super sweet. Legit. But there was obviously a, a spot to the left where I could fit fit some stuff, but 
it's, it just made it made it so that I had to walk further to get where I wanted. Uh, so I have either choice of first turn, and he had Volturnus. He put the two units of defensive eels on his point, which was a fucking awesome move. Uh, screening Volturnus and the Eternal Guard behind. So I measured up, and I had a look, and I said, "Hey, Bo, I can fit Marathi here, and she can hit Volturnus with her spear and with her tail." And he goes, yep, no, that's cool. So I took first turn and bombed Marathian because that's literally all I did all, t- all tournament. Um, yeah, if you yeah. haven't been listening, um, <laughs> you only just joined it for whatever reason. What Sean bombed her in with Mindraiser uh, and hit Volturnus and hit the eels. So first dice go through, it's the hat. It's the hat on the eels, and I rolled just all ones and twos, and I was like, oh, fuck, this is a disaster. This is not going to go well. I roll up for Volturnus, and I get two spear attacks through. He fails the six-up saves, takes eight damage, and I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, take him off. And he was like, nah, man, I got boat saves. I was like, oh, you fucker. <laughs> like, I completely forgot about the boat giving saves. Um, and he makes one, which is just enough to keep Volturnus alive. Spear attack goes through. Wound, hit wound. He has to roll the save, fails the save. I was like, oh, thank fuck, there's seven damage from the tail. And he fails, he only fails like two six-ups out of seven dice, which had my butthole going a little bit there, um, and takes Volturnus off. So I felt pretty good. But an important thing happened. I um, I didn't get Martyr's Sacrifice off on my sisters. And I think Bo saw that, and he was like, now's the time to to counterattack if I'm ever going to do it. Um, so what is when you kill again? a sister like, on a 5+, plus, they do a mortal wound back to the unit. So there's a 30-man unit. So there's like 10 mortal wounds there on average if you kill the unit. Um, plus the 6-up saves do mortal wounds as well. So if a unit of eels hit them and smashed them up, it's like reasonably likely that he's going to lose the eels at the same time. Uh, but they didn't go off, so when his turn came around, he chucked the eels down, chucked them straight into the sisters, and took off a whole shitload of them. I was like, uh, this is this is bad. Like Marathi's stuck on his point fighting uh no rent eels, and now I have damaged eels sitting in my face. Uh but I was able to take off the eleven or twelve that he killed, and then sort of trail back with the six inch pylons to tag his other unit of eels and sort of tie them in combat at least so they couldn't just run rampant and take the rest of my stuff off um at the same time i was able to pile back around in this weird u-shape to where i was within 12 of my general to battle shock them to keep them in combat which was a fluke but it, it worked out pretty handy um i won the priority for turn two Marathi had taken six wounds. And I'm like, oh man, I really need to retreat Marathi. But I think if I retreat Marathi, I just am going to lose the game at this point. Um, so I decided to keep her in the combat and sort of roll for lucky dice, hopefully. Um, she double piled into some eels. There was one unit left and I was like, man, this is this is where I need to take this unit off or I lose the game. And Bo just rolled his four up saves like a boss. And I didn't do anything I don't think with Marathi there so that's sort of like what I was fearing when I played Andrew with the Grimgast that 
if he rolls those four up saves and just ignores all of your rend, I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna do fuck all. And that's what happened. Um so she's stuck at the back of the board. I don't have enough damage down my end of the board to deal with two units of eels. And yeah, I kept her in combat. I couldn't move. Bo pushed it up, took them off, and uh it was pretty much game over from the end of turn two there. He didn't get the, the major into turn three, but yeah, when when Rathi went down and didn't take the rest of the defensive eels with her, it was there was nothing left there for me. But it was a great game. Bo played it absolutely perfectly, keeping those defensive eels on the point like that. Uh when he threw the, the offensive eels in was awesome. His boats were in like the best fucking spots. Uh and yeah, even just the Eternal Guard back on his point was awesome because I couldn't teleport my big unit of sisters to, to pinch his objective off him. Um which yeah, which was I think they're like 140 points for 20 of them, which seems like an absolute steal in Idenf army where you, yeah, you don't have, you don't have a lot of bodies, bodies to take eels. Just all eel. You know, you want to take eels, yeah. and thralls are really expensive. They might do damage, but man, they're expensive and not resilient at all. Yeah, oh, they so die I think so quickly. And they've got their like yeah. Their I think he's found a bit of a steal there in that unit. That's it's really good. It gets like a a four up save that rerolls ones and twos if it doesn't move. So stick it in cover. You know, three up rerolling ones and twos. Yeah. It's really really pretty good yeah and it's classic bow as well because bow's like a big time elf player from back in the day so utilizing some of those sort of yeah. elf armies that he might have yeah. lying around um anyway yeah. what i wanted to talk about with the um with the terrain is these um these terrain pieces where you're not locked into uh your territory or you're not locked into like x amount from your opponent's territory I'm seeing it more now with the um the corn train piece coming out as well, the same thing. Just the ability to not so much the abilities on the train pieces. I'm not not phased about that. They're they're basically allegiance abilities at this point, eh? Um But the shenanigans you can pull with them. Like the way Bo forced me to put my army where I did put my army by putting the boat in such a way where I had to deal with the boat, even though the oh sweet sorry yeah, yeah I just pushed the mute button on X trying to get my screen back. Anyway, the way he played the boat, where he used it as if it was a unit in his army, but it's not a unit that you can actually kill, so I have to deal with the boat to stop his unit coming in and abusing the boat, if that makes sense. Like, I had to screen the boat from him getting to his boat to get the buffs that it would give, but at the same time, he he used it in such a way, like sort of how you use endless spells, where you can put endless spells to, to, to block spaces and make you have to deal with that problem. And it was just, it was just a real eye-opener that um, if you're not restricted, you can really do whatever you want. Like, if you play a Sylvaneth army, even if you don't use your boats in a way where you're going to get the the six up save, or you don't use your corn 
uh, totem in a way where you're going to get the, the re-rolls, you can put it in between the terrain, whereas the Sylvanef player is probably never going to get the fucking woods where he wants them. Because you can just zone the board because these terrain pieces are so big and you can put them so freely that you can turn armies off. You can really mess with their game plan. I think when you stop looking at them as, as like a as a buff that you necessarily need and start using them more as a, a blocker or using them as a unit that they can really they can really shine like um yeah the 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 boats is probably the best train piece i think um they're fucking huge they're fucking which is a biggie well. and like just the freedom to put them anywhere like the gloom spite one and the feck one and uh, the nurgle trees got the nurgle, the nurgle trees, trees the same thing it's not quite it's it's big but i don't know if it's big yeah. enough and it's definitely yeah, but you can keep yeah, putting yeah. out Nurgle trees throughout the, the game as well. Them. So yeah, just it, just it just really dawned on me after that game that you can really fuck with people's game plan with such a simple with such a simple mechanic. Not even yeah. using the mechanics of the boat, but just using the size and the space um, is something that I really overlooked. It, like, kind of seems simple, but when you start looking at at it as a unit in your army that is invincible rather than just a buff piece or a, a blocker piece. It's fucking, it's pretty handy. Yeah, I mean, he's controlling, so the way Bo used him, and Bo is also going to be, from what I understand, on Black Comet Radio, which is another New Zealand Wellington podcast, uh, talking to Jono about uh, his tournament and his experiences. So I'm sure Bo will go into it more in, in that when it comes out in the sort of week or so when it does come out. Um. He's sort of controlling or dictating terms of the game, saying if you want to get to my objective, that's fine, but I'm funneling you through this terrain piece, or these two terrain pieces, and I'm going to make you fight in a suboptimal way, which gives him some control yeah, exactly. of the flow of the game as well. Um, and it's more of a, as you said, if people start thinking about these terrain pieces, more of like a utility that they can use in their army, instead of just like plopping this corn shrine right next to your, your army at the start so you sort of proofs get rerolls. But start using it as a utility to control a bit of flow or to actively discourage uh your opponent from coming near that part of the train. It gives you pre game control. Um it's just sort of like gravesites as well. You know, we can pop gravesites and it gives you the opportunity to sort of have units pop out. Play that mind game before before they start really deploying stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, the more the more questions you ask of your opponent during the game, the more room for error they have to fuck up. So, no, it just sounds like Bo played a killer for that as well. So, yeah, yeah, Bo absolutely. Smashed but no, that's it. that's a good that's good comments you wrote there, bro. Um, I think that's that's yeah. good commentary, and I think maybe if some people could start doing some funky shit with their shrines or the corn pieces, I I think you're right. I think exactly how you've described it the Idenf pieces are the best because they're two big pieces and they go anywhere without restriction. They have the yeah, freedom. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you can funnel it, like, if like... you did that with fuck what's like any hero one, duality of death or whatever. And if your opponent's only got foot slogging heroes that can't fly, you know, they're like 
great. Like a Nugo army, I can't actually fit my base towards that objective now. Great, you know. You're, you're going to decline them scoring opportunity for a couple of turns, possibly. Mm. So it, it gives like those those elite armies like Ironneth that are lacking board control units. It gives them board control and just the the boats. Same thing for Corn. Like Corn likes having a lot of board control and having a unit that you can put out before the game to to gain board control is as way more powerful a lot of the time than just the the little effects that are on it because you know they can come and go. They all depend on your heroes that are near it or what heroes they've brought. But just the board control you can get from such a simple train pieces i think it's really powerful yeah no it's that's really good um yeah do you want to move into results or do you have a little more to say yeah or? man okay. totally so we'll we'll go through facings first i'm not going to read out all 22 but uh so bo won it as he was playing on table one from what i understand or table two possibly uh for the win at the end there so bo bet sean and he got all the secondaries and he had one of the highest strength of schedule so bo was a clear-cut winner uh on four wins he was the only four win player then we had Scott. Um, I don't know Scott's last name. Sorry, Scott. Uh, I think he's a 40k player traditionally, but he's been playing some Sigma with his mate. Yeah. Scott came second. He had three wins and one minor loss. So that's how we got there with a minor loss. Um, playing corn. Yeah, playing corn. And then Matty Watkins, uh, the aforementioned, came in third with three major wins, one loss, and all four secondaries, uh, which was the difference between third place and fifth place. From what I can see here, uh, then Matt Britton came in fourth with three wins, one loss, three secondaries. Uh, yourself, Tubbs, you came in fifth with three wins, one loss, uh, three secondaries. Uh, Rohan, who's a newer player to the scene, he's been popping up this year. So good on you, Rohan. Uh, came in sixth with three wins, one loss, one secondary by the looks of it. Uh, Reagan, he came in seventh with three wins, one loss, and three secondaries. Um, Bitch party. You just keep going until you find yourself. I was going to go. Totally yeah, no, I was going to do like. I, I, the thing is, as soon as I stop, someone's going to be like, motherfucker, you couldn't have just said me. <laughs> so so Mitch came in eight with Skaven. Uh, he went three and one. Uh, and Mitch did bloody well. Nine secondaries. Yeah, I think he got. He must have got a minor loss or a minor win. I'm not entirely sure. But he was the bottom of the three and ones. Um, and in Aiden... I think he was both of our sneaky picks to win, wouldn't the old bitch? Yeah, I put some pressure on him beforehand. Uh, he's going to get one sooner or later. Yeah. yeah, and then Aiden came out nine, and then to round out the top ten was Seth, and then I came in 11. So literally bang on middle. Me and Seth both had two wins, two losses, four secondaries, but Seth had the strongest strength of, uh, strength of schedule. So that was why he came ahead of me. Uh, and then Tom Lay just finished behind me, but Tom dropped the secondary. So, and had Tom Lay picked up that secondary, I think he would have finished above me by the looks of it due to his strength of schedule. So that's that's quite cool. Uh, and then we had, uh, so we had other awards. We had uh, wooden spoon went to Seamus, um, so it was a bit of fun. And Seamus seems to pick it like a champ as well, so it was good. We had best painted army went to Bo as well, so Bo got best painted army and won the tournament. And Bo's got beautiful armies, so congratulations, Bo. It's really cool to see you snag a win and pick up Best Painted. Yeah, I mean you're not you're not new to Best Painted, but good job. Um, I think I think it was a top three, but I don't have it recorded. I think like Maddie came in third. Uh, Maddie, Seth, and and Bo. 
and Bowyer. Yeah. And then we had another painting award. It was best painted model. Uh, so just like a, an individual model that you painted, pull it out, chuck it on, uh, put it up for voting. And Mitch won that with his fan call, uh, which is really cool because that fan call is really nice to look at. There's a lot of skin in there. And you've got to pay some respects when a man paints that much skin and does it to a good level. Um, and do you um do you chuck anything in? No, I don't think. No, no, you don't. No, I was off like getting beer with Matt and not eating pizza. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so that happened. That was the thing. Uh, favorite opponent or best sports or whatever you want to call it. So we had twenty-two people and twenty out of the twenty-two people got a vote, which is crazy. So we're all awesome people. I don't think Goomboss got a vote though, eh? Which is crazy because he's like, didn't he? I, I think that was he's like. I think that was a running joke. I don't know if he did, but I know, I'm a tease him. Now. I was I was giving him a hard time throughout the night because I think someone said that and I just ran with it as I was pissed. Considering he's like second best sports in the world because he got second best <laughs> sports at CanCon, <laughs> and if he didn't get in a vote, then that's just even better. But anyway, so sports. Um, me and Sloan won it. Actually, we both got two votes. I think it was. I'm not too sure. Um, and then, as tradition demands, we go to a roll-off, and I lose the roll-off for sports. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I got way too excited for that, You, you lost, like, you lost the roll-off, and I was like, no! You lost your fucking he mind. He still doesn't get it. You're just like, <laughs> and everyone's looking at me like, why the fuck is he getting so owned to this? <laughs> yeah. like, um, he still doesn't have a sports. <laughs> yeah, it's like the third time I've lost a break. sports on a roll-off. Yeah, exactly. So it's, um, I'm not too worried. And uh, the... So the winner, uh, the the prize for best sports, was that Sloan would paint you a model. Uh, so obviously you provide the model, um, up to a hundred dollars of a commission job or something like that. So that's pretty cool. And Sloan um, <laughs> got the best sports as well. So he was just like, ah, oh, you can have it. So Sloan got, I think, a medal or a trophy, and I got a hundred dollar painting commission. Um, or maybe he didn't say that, but now I've said it on the podcast. It's going to happen because he can't give it to himself. So that was that was our PineCon wrap up. Um, after PineCon, we went back to Lee's house, which was literally over the fence uh, from the venue, and Lee cranked up the barbecue. And ten of us also went. Maybe how many? Yeah, yeah. yeah There's like half a field. Maybe a dozen. Anyway, uh, we went over and. I continued partying and Sean continued partying and we had a barbecue and it was great. And we just hung out and, um, and sort of, as I said before, the social was like the reason I went and the social is the main reason. Did not disappoint. Yeah. Why I keep going to tournaments. So it was just really good. It's just like a boys weekend essentially. Um, so we went to Lee's and we hit some, we continued drinking, which is good fun. And we cranked up the barbecue, the old Weber or whatever it was that he had. And we barbecued some meat and we just talked a bunch of shit for like eight, nine hours about games, about life, about random shit, all that sort of stuff. So that was good. And then I went to bed like really early in the morning and felt real bad the next day. Um, telling stories out of school here, I guess, but me and Mitch were driving <laughs> driving back the next day. I don't know if I told you this. I might have told you this. And, and Mitch was like, Bro, we've got to go to Macca's because there's a McDonald's not far from Lee's place on the way back to ours. And I was like, yeah, sweet, let's do that. And we pull up to Macca's and I, I get his order and he just sort of throws his wallet at me and just gets out of the car and walks away. And I we go I go for the drive-thru by myself. I'm like, oh, okay, I hope he's all right. Um, maybe he just needs to go do like booze poos or something like that. I don't know. 
And I go for a drive through and I, I pay for the stuff, grab the food, come out of the drive through, and Mitch is just like wandering around the car park looking lost as fuck. <laughs> and I sort of wave out to him and he, he sees me and rocks over in his cool Mitch walk that he does and gets in the car and I'm like, you're right? And he's like, bro, I just power bombed all through those bushes over there. We need to leave. <laughs> so he just, um, he sprayed the, the bushes and the McDonald's Silver Stream car park. So, so if you were there Sunday morning yeah. and you saw someone do that, that was Mitch. So what well I Mitch just threw you under the bus. Um, I felt I felt bad for Lee, and now now I understand why he like doesn't crack into the piss super hard. Because fuck that poor man was spewing his ringer out next morning. Oh, he gets it. He gets the second day bombs. He gets it so bad. I mean, I oh man, I, did, I don't think I've seen someone like disappear to the toilet so many times. Yeah, he was like that in Cancun as well. He just had this routine of like shakes, passing out for twenty minutes, getting up, drinking some water, going to the toilet, and he did this for like four hours. And I was like, "Are you alright?" And he was just like. Yeah, this is sort of what I do. This is like my thing. I just feel like shit and I purge all morning and then I go lose to Sam Morgan. So yeah, that was that was well done, Lee. Um, but no, I, I, he woke me up with his yonder. I was like, what the fuck? What is that noise? I thought the dog had got out of, or something. But anyway, so that's our Pinecon wrap-up. Uh, so we will go into a small quick plug about Notorious. So there's no uh, further news. Um, Big news on Notorious at the moment. Um, oh, the trophies have arrived, actually. So the trophies arrived from Dark Fantastic Mills. So big shout-out to Gary over there. Thank you very much, sir. Um, we did pay for him. It's not like he just gave him to us. Uh, but the quality on these trophies is... Oh, man. They're so really good. good. Like, I've seen 3D printed shit before. And um, so I, I had a sort of expectation in my head. But the finish is, like, real smooth. There's... It was like, oh, yeah, you might have to clean it up a little bit, you know, and I was like, fuck, bro, these are really good. Like, I don't know if I have to clean up any of this. I think I found one minor, like, string of plastic attached to something, which I just pulled off and that was fine. But the trophies came. They look awesome. They're currently getting painted uh, by one of our local lads. Thanks, um, Regan. I've, yeah, thanks, Regan. Well done, my friend. Uh, I've got a couple of them sitting behind me. The Chaos and Order one, which he's done up, which I might actually post some pictures of. So trophies are here. Uh, there's more trophies being ordered um, as well. There's the dice is in, in progress from what I understand. I should follow that guy up, make sure it's all good. Um, we're sitting at about 44 players at the moment. So we keep sort of getting new people join and then someone has to pull out. So it's almost like two people join, one people, one person pulls out. Um, a couple of the lads from the weekend who came to Pinecon said they were going to come. So if we chuck them in, then we're at 46. So we're getting close to that 50 number, which would be awesome. That'd be awesome. So if you're not coming, um, please get along to it. I also realized that we didn't say where you can actually find the event. So if you go to uh, the Age of Sigma New Zealand Community Facebook page, uh, it's in the event calendar there, or get in touch with myself. Uh, I am at AOSSean89 on Twitter. Uh, you've probably seen me on Facebook as well, spamming. Uh, or you can email me. Fuck, what's my email address? <laughs> I can't even remember. <laughs> Pass. So, yeah, it's like Notorious AOS. Let's have a look here. Yeah, it's NotoriousAOS at gmail.com. Without giving out my personal one, it's NotoriousAOS at gmail.com. Send me an email. 
Um, I can send you out the pack. I can chat to you. We can go from there. Uh, we can now announce who uh, sort of international guest was. guest was. Yeah, that we speculated on last one. So Clint Mallet from the Heralds of War, uh, lead Herald, I guess you'd say, um, and best-looking Herald, if I don't say so myself. So he runs CanCon, if you don't know. You probably know. He also runs uh, the Australian podcast, probably the biggest Australian podcast, Heralds of War. Um, he is so he crowdfunded for Rob Symes to come out the Honest Wargamer Rob that is, and cover CanCon, and um, Rob I guess returned the favor. I don't know. Hopefully that's not. Yeah, man. No, no, I, that was exactly it. I assume that's what it was. That's just an assumption. I haven't asked anyone, but Rob returned the favor by getting people to crowdfund uh, to fly Clint out to Bobo, which is happening. The week before Notorious, or two weeks before Notorious, I believe it is. So Clint's flying from Australia to uh, to the UK to go play at Bobo. I think he's also done a couple other things there, like Warhammer Fest or something. And then he's leaving directly from the UK, flying to New Zealand uh, to come to Notorious, which is fucking awesome. Um, and then he's going to hang out with us for the weekend, play, get on the piss, and then he's going to go back to his his wife and kids. And, and apologize, the biggest, I guess. Yeah, with the biggest, so long. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He'll have the biggest grin on his face, and hopefully he can do it every year after this. Because once you've done it once, you have to do it every year. So, yeah, that's awesome. So Clint is our third international person confirmed, uh, with, as well as Liam and Charles. Charles. Chuck, uh, yeah, Chuck from Australia. So three Aussies and then 40-odd Kiwis. Uh, Mr. Shorts is going to be there as well. Dan from AOS Shorts, so more star power. Um, another note on Dan as well. He's officially retired his podcast side of his production work, from what I understand. Um, he hadn't been doing content in a while, but from what I understand, his website has been booming, and he's been investing time and money into the website. And I mean, the guy does a lot of work, as it is, and also works full-time. Um so he's decided to retire to podcast, which makes us, I think you could quite easily say, objectively, the most popular AOS podcast in New Zealand. Oh, so yeah. thanks, Dan. We'll take thanks it. For that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks for that hand-me-down, bro. If it, was, if it wasn't for you retiring before your prime or in your prime, um, you know, Lennox Lewis over there, then um, we would still be number two. But Brian's <laughs> made no more. So, yeah. Um. Cool, and that covers off uh, Notorious, I think. That was about all I really wanted to say. Shout yeah, out man. on numbers. Um, well, shout out Netcon as well coming up. Yeah, we'll quickly shout out Netcon before we probably wrap up and this is something else we want to talk about. So Netcon is uh, one of these convention-based tournaments we've talked about before. We talked about in the show What is Notorious GT? Uh, so it is uh, it's nationals or the national convention. Um, I think Sean covered it off this last time. It it rotates town or city every year in the country and essentially just like a local club puts their hand up to run it and then the club runs it and you have like 12 or so different game systems turn up and it means our player caps are sort of restricted to like the 30 or 40 mark because you're catering for up to a dozen systems and 40k normally sells out or does pretty well and then AOS um, sells out or does you know, gets to that sort of top number to 30-ish or mid-30s, however many tickets they give us. 
Uh, this year it's been a bit slower because I think we've been pushing Notorious GT, and Notorious GT is like four weeks after this, so I think people have been um, looking forward to Notorious a bit more than this. Well, I think Maybe. the other thing is that Netcon's like the middle of Easter as well, which is definitely yes. family time for a lot of people, and it's uh, I think yes. that can be the issue with a lot of these con events is yeah. that yeah they land on weird dates or they're restricted yeah. or they're at weird places. Yeah, they're normally always in like public holidays and national. Yeah, nationals is always on Easter. Uh, so I went last year and it was a bit of hard sell because I have a, a family and like Easter. In, so in New Zealand for Easter, you get four days off. You get Friday through Monday off. Uh, so it's normally like a good long weekend to go away or, you know, go see mates or like go. Yeah, go away normally. Go do something. This year, we also have um, one of our national holidays, Anzac Day. Uh, on the 25th of April. So what that actually means is there is free public holidays in the space of about six days. So if you're like me, I've taken three days off work and I get 10 days off work because of all the public holidays and the weekends. Uh, so a lot of people have probably done the same and a lot of people probably are going away um, or people just have young kids and it's hard to get away from you know family and kids when to go play Warhammer for a couple of days on a public holiday. So yeah. Um, anyway, it's a two K five round event match play. Uh, realms are in in play. Uh, so Fraser, um, who came to CanCon, uh, was going to run it. He was toing. I wasn't sure if he's playing. Uh, however, he has had to relocate out of Wellington for work, so he's moved down to Dunedin. So big pucky pucky there, Fraser, for getting a job um, down in Dunedin. Uh, but now he's not around. They don't have a to. The pack's already been writ. Um, I was asked to TO. I said I'll TO, but I'll also play, so I'll just do the scoring on the day. You don't get a lot of TO questions. The community sort of self-polices at these events, from what I've found. Uh, Nick Jebson's going to be there as well, who can do some rulings, but I'll just pretty much run the scoring, but I'll be playing as well. Uh, so five rounds, 2,000 points. Uh, match play Sigma. So quickly we have... Uh, it's on the 20th and 21st of April as well. So Saturday, Sunday. Uh, so right in the middle of Easter. So we got Duality of Death, uh, round one. Then round two, we got Better Part of Valor. Hate that mission. Yeah. <laughs> Hate that mission. Yeah. I played it Agreed. again last night against Oregon with his corn. And I I don't like it. Um, I It really resonated with me when you were talking about on our last show, What is Notorious GT? When you were saying, Everyone bitch about Scorched Earth, then they fix Scorched Earth, but then we all played Better Part of Valor. Uh, yeah. And now every like I was listening to Facehammer, their master show, and they were saying, Why do we play this mission? It's shit. And I'm like, Yeah, why do we play this mission? Really <laughs> frustrating <laughs> when Scorched Earth is just yeah. the fixed version. It's like fucking stop playing it because it's new. The book's been out for ages, just stop. Yeah. Play Scorched so, Earth, same thing. Better. Yeah, so it's pretty obvious, but based on our comments, we're not running a uh, better part of Valor at Notorious yeah. because it leads to negative game experiences more than anything else. Um, you know, it can be very, very draw-dependent. Uh, so, yeah. Round three is Focal Points, which don't have an issue with, I think. Awesome mission. Focal Points and, yeah, and Border War. They're probably the most balanced, fairest sort of missions. Maybe probably Border War, I still think, is probably the best, like, fairest balanced mission. Uh, round four, so we're going into Sunday, is Starstrike. 
uh, and then round five is Total Conquest. So not too bad. Total Conquest round five is a bit poo, I think. I, I uh, like it. I'm a I'm a fan. I give it the ups. I like the mission. I just still hate them. I still hate the setup. Yeah, is the issue. That's my only complaint. Star Strike's all good. So yeah, really just don't like better part of Valor, but whatever. The rest of it's good. I'm not the only person who plays this game. I'm sure for every person who doesn't like better part of Valor, it's like a dozen garage gamers that fucking love it. A dozen Sylvanef players um, that just froth it. Oh, sitting there just mentally <laughs> masturbating over the idea of going first and winning before your opponent even gets a turn. So, yeah, which, I mean, to be fair, it's probably exactly how I'd play it too if I was playing one of those. <laughs> totally. Um, prizes, what do we have for prizes? So we've got first overall, which in brackets is national champion. I think they've named it national champion because Fraser won it once uh, and he wrote the pack. I up here, mate. It's like national champion. People. Oh, yeah, that's right. You won it last yeah, year, right? Yeah. Yeah, I came third at that, and I don't have a fucking trophy because I need trophies for like first and second. So oh I'm man, that was a great that. event though. Timmy had it at a bar. I think that was our first experience yeah. with drinking piss and playing Warhammer at the same time. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, first sort of catered one, yeah. and that was that was good. And they had that fucking dirty ass tarpaulin on the ground. I'm like, what is this doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Ended up needing it by the end of the event because fuck me, yeah. I was spilling piss everywhere. Yeah, I mean, we were playing next to the ninth age guys, and I think it was more for them, but who knows? <laughs> um, there's four guys that were playing at that tournament. So, prizes, we got first overall, second, third. We got best painted army, which is shortlisted, then voted. Favorite opponent, best sports. And then top placing in each Grand Alliance. Uh, I have no idea what the prizes are going to look like. I don't know if they're like swanky trophies or if they're certificates, Steph, I don't know. Or if they're, um, if they're swag, like price support, I have no idea. Um, Nick just asked me if I could run scoring on the day because Nick's like the overall TO of the event. So, yeah, that's just what I'll be doing. I'll be there plugging in scores to tabletop, whatever it's called, TTT, tabletop. Tabletop, yeah. TO. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Um, and we'll be having a jolly good time. Uh, sign-ups, I don't know how many have signed up at the moment. I asked for a number the other day, and it was surprisingly low. I think it was like literally a half dozen people, but since then I think there's been another half dozen people sign up. Uh, I wasn't expecting big numbers. I was expecting sort of in the mid-teens to early 20s, to be honest. Uh, but again, the time of year is pretty shit for people that have families and commitments and stuff like that. So I'm going to go because it's the last tournament I'm going to get to play in for a couple of months because we're not playing a Notorious Duty, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, same here. Yeah, uh, coming, yeah I'm, coming, I'm like on the verge, but I always say that before a tournament, and then I play the tournament before that tournament, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I guess I'll go the next one too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't expect numbers to be massive, but it should be a good time. I think people, some people are using it as like a um, notorious warm up. like a notorious sort of warm up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're not, yeah, we're not playing the same missions, but we're, yeah, definitely list testing. Um, so there should be a good number of people there. It should be some good competition. Um, it'll be good fun. I know I'm looking forward to it. A, a weekend away with the lads and playing Warhammer is always good fun. So, yeah, I think that's that's really about it. Um, anything else to add, No, bro? man, I think that wraps it up. We've plugged NatCon, we've plugged Notorious. Good. We plugged 
Jono on Black oh, Comet. Yeah. It is Black yeah, Comet, right? Yeah, I think right? we did during our game, but yeah, if you want to listen yeah. to um, Bo's coverage of uh, Pinecon, he's going to cover it on uh, Jono's podcast, Black Comet. Black Comet Radio? Yeah. 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 And, yeah, something like that, Black Comet something. Uh, we apologize to Daniel for calling him Dave <laughs> the whole time. Uh, <laughs> what else do we do? We threw Mitch on yeah, the Yeah, sorry, Mitch. Sorry, Lee. Um, sorry, Andrew, for having we, to, like, molest you again on the table. Yeah, we confirmed that Matt's wife does not, in fact, like cunt. <laughs> um, shit, where else are we going? I'm just stalling. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, know. We're going anyway. to Sinbin, mate. Let's get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. When will we be? Ne- uh, when will we be next back in in the listeners' ears? Not too sure. Maybe, maybe after NatCon. Yeah. Or yeah. Um, we'll we'll have another one at least before um before Notorious. Maybe two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, try to get some content out during Notorious. I'm not too sure what that looks like yet, but um maybe if we can if I can figure out how to do some videos to YouTube, um. There is live streaming at the venue, but I think I really think I we think need more we're people too to stretched. do that. Yeah, I think we need a, an actual yeah. crew. Um, and obviously, yes. like you'll probably have time, more time than I will at Notorious, but you can't fucking commentate by yourself first time. I can't that's, carry that's, fucking. I can't even. That's a push. Yeah. yeah. I can't even carry the show, bro. Yet alone, fucking like fucking twelve <laughs> hours of streaming. So. <laughs> Everyone would just be like, who's this cunt with the monotone? And like, why is he telling me about toy soldiers? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, we'll try to get something out there. Maybe some short little like Twitter videos or YouTube videos or something, some interviews. Uh, we can take the microphone along as well and talk to people after their games and so yeah, on. Yeah, totally. We'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But we'll probably do another show, maybe two beforehand, uh, before Notorious. But yeah, likely be back next set, you guys with a netcon wrap-up show and maybe some general thoughts i don't know i'd be quite keen to get into some topics about um about the game like about the game system and game theory and sort of utilizing like sean talked about tonight with the train sort of utilizing train pieces maybe talk about tempo or something like that swings of the games i have no idea anyway that's it for us lads so we will be back at you soon enough sweet cheers Later, boys Steam music, bitch, sing to it. This how you cook up some dope with no powder. Don't turn on that stove, just turn this shit up louder. Black Eddie Bauer, mask on my face like I'm ready to take what is yours cause it's ours. Y'all stole my style, I shit on you like bowels and take all your princesses, bitch, I am Bowser. Fuck superpowers, I got this weed. Gun on my head, dog, that's all that I need. I don't play games, man, I'm not in no league. And I don't drop no names, but bitch, I am from Cleveland. Blair, the damn. Someone tell Britney we did it again. I heard Pugata acquitted again. And my bank account holding six digits again. Pull out some hand, this for the ones who ain't make it. This for the ones who ain't make it Focus your lens Point it at me and see greatness Point it at me and see greatness Ray need a Benz Dub need a all-black Mercedes Tezo need all white he races But homie, I'm saying I need a penthouse that's vacant A rap money, salama lake I'm the beast who's awakened Pick up your shot My bitch is a murderer She got a body She got that brain Summa cum laude My city, the jungle Don't take that safari It's lions, it's tigers Gangs and disciples Lords, Judas and shakes and them rifles Whores who swear that they live by the Bible When friends who think they deserve Motive and title Then that's why 
I'm out of the ghetto, away from the mornings with snow in that shovel. I'm out of this level, I'm trying to be number one, why would I settle? Gone through the new world, no Pinto, no Nino, no Santa Maria. Still keep it hood with my peers, sipping Carlos Rossi Sangria. Dragging my cup, working my wrist, I be spanking my slut. Juggle my nuts, use your two hands while I juggle these fucks But that zero, it's numb, my hands busy holding middle fingers up I don't do two things, that's love and it's trust And I don't hate y'all, I'm just fucking with us And that's where the Nipsey, my hustles mean I can sell best to King Griffey I'm like Lionel Richie, my fans have me touring till 2050 This cycle is evil, this verse is for Tino on top of my people And fuck all these fakers, can't wait till you back on your feet, the streets need you Up out of the ghetto, away from the mornings with snow in that shovel. Up out of this level, I'm trying to be number one, why would I settle? Gone to the new world, no Pinto, no Nino, no Santa Maria. And I still keep a hood.